Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zinn. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Four beautiful young college students massacred, slaughtered, some sleeping in their beds. I'm talking about the slaughter of University of Idaho students. The case, unsolved, the murder weapon, not found the killer on the loose. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our friends at the Today Show. The most pressing facts are still a mystery. No murder weapon, no motive, not even a suspect description. Devastating for the families of Zana Kernodal, Ethan Chapin, Maddie Mogan, and Kaylee Gonzalez. Praying for justice in their grief. Turn yourself in. You owe it to these mothers of these children, these fathers, these families. You're wrong. Turn yourself in. And so far, the police say that they've received about 500 tips, and they're asking for even more tips uh, from the public, from anybody that knows where uh, these victims were the night before they were killed. But right now, the biggest lead seems to be that large fixed blade weapon possibly a combat knife. Let me introduce to you an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. Uh, But first, I want to go to Audrey Conklin, investigative reporter with Fox News Digital. Audrey, thank you for being with us. This, of course, went down uh, on the edges of the University of Idaho along Greek Row at off-campus housing. What do we know about the area? We know that everything is very close by all of the places where each of the four student victims were the night before the murders and the early morning when it occurred are all very close together. Um, You could even walk to each of the places. Um, 
I don't think they did because at least two of them were driven home by a private party, but it, they're all very close together. You know, that's significant. Uh, that puts things in an entirely different light. Now, Joseph Scott Morgan with me, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University, and author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, star of a hit series, Body Bags with Joe Scott Morgan. If most people walk to where they're going, Joe Scott, that tells me the killer probably walked there, too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you look at this place, Nancy, it's got very specific points of access. Uh, There's a big bank of windows in the back of this house on Mm -hmm. essentially the second level. It's kind of built into the side of a hill. Looks like a split level. It does. And you can assess the place from a long ways away, but still have cover. I think that's significant. And you could only do that on foot. You know, that's interesting that we're, I I just wonder sometimes, Joe Scott, if uh, cops do the same thing I did as a prosecutor, like we're doing right now, sitting around and discussing and talking about possibilities. Again, when you look at this house, I'm looking at it right now, it looks like a split level. There um, is, um, what would you say, huge timbers holding up what appears to be a wraparound patio uh, or a little porch that goes around the back which would be very easy to get on. Um, when you look at it, I'm looking at the sliding glass doors. The father of one of the victims stated that, and it's very apparent, that the there are two points of entry. One is the front door, which is only entered with a code. Got to know the code to get in. A code like you would see on a rental unit. You know what I mean, Joe yep. Scott, where you punch in one, yeah. two, three, four, and the door will open. The other point of access would be that sliding glass door, which to, for time immemorial has been a sweet spot for burglars. They're really easy to get into, and a lot of people leave them unlocked because they're a pain in the rear end to lock. Yeah, they are. And sometimes, you know, particularly college kids, you'll forget to do stuff like that. But can I draw your attention back to that door that has the yep. keypad? If folks can can find a static picture of that, just that standalone yep. static photo, and if you look to the left, there is a road, a tiny road that runs up the hill. Now, yesterday, they had the police out there taking a look at tire tracks or right. burn marks, essentially, on the road. Do you know there's a tree line right there? You could park adjacent to that and walk through the tree line and get access to that top level so it would provide cover to get to that second floor that you're talking about that kind of has the balcony, the decking area. It's kind of built into the ground. It's real interesting the way the whole thing is constructed. You said burn marks. What do you mean by that? Well, it looks like someone, you can kind of see the skid marks in the road, like somebody has burned rubber in that area. Scratched off. Yeah, they have. And I really wonder if they went out there and took rubber samples as well off of those uh, tracks that that were left behind. But here's the problem. There, There is absolutely no control of the crime scene. When they got the call, everybody was looking around. And Joe, you would know this really hard to keep people particularly people of rank from going up and looking and seeing the bodies and those sorts of things and so the crime scene has been contaminated at the very beginning of this case guys you're hearing dale carson high profile lawyer joining us out of jacksonville and not just lawyer this is why he's critical today he's former fbi former police officer and author you can find him at dalecarsonlaw.com Audrey, Joe Scott, Dale Carson, and also with us, uh, someone we lean on a lot, Dr. Jory Crosen, psychologist joining us, faculty, St. Leo University, research consultant and author of Operation SOS. Guys, please jump in whenever you have a thought like Dale just did and like Joe Scott brought up those rubber marks where somebody scratched off near the home. Is it connected? Don't know. Half must investigate what are they doing right now and what have we learned i want you to take a listen to the county coroner kathy mabbitt most of them had just like one that was the lethal uh, stab wound yes can you describe what that one might have been fatal ones were to the chest area or the upper body area 
Were there, um, and I only ask this because it sometimes determines what kind of a, a crime this was, a crime of passion, a, a random crime, a, a fight, a struggle. Was there, uh, were any of them uh, slashed? Were, were any of their necks cut? Um, or were these all puncture wounds? Well, it was a pretty large knife, so it's really hard to call them puncture wounds. And they were definitely stabbings. And um, I mean, it has to be somebody that's, pretty angry in order to stab four people to death. Hearing our friends uh, over at News Nation, Joe Scott Morgan, uh, I got a problem, okay? I got a lot of problems, but one of them is that Kathy Mabbitt, who I'm sure is a fine person, is a registered nurse. Wait for it. Who has a degree, a BS in political science and a law degree from the University of Idaho that she got in, I believe, 2006. Could have been 2001. Did you hear me? I did. A registered nurse with a law degree and a degree in political science. All those things, each of themselves, are spectacular feats. Okay? Really hard to do all that. But we need a trained medical examiner to look at the wounds and also not to disseminate information until it has been determined by a medical doctor and possibly not even then do I have to say Delphi look I want to know the information just like everybody else but this is not the time to be releasing information about the wounds of the victims because if the killer is watching tv what's he going to do right now he's going to take that fixed blade knife and get rid of it he's going to clean it and get rid of it because so much information is being leaked and information critical to the case and there's no central point of control with it this is what really struck me about her interview and she'd given one prior to the one that we just listened to is that uh she made a statement before the police ever made a statement. I mean, an open statement where they gave an interview. No offense, but shut your pie hole, lady. Go ahead. No, Yeah. And so that's that's a bit different. And I think that a lot of this goes and I'm not disparaging the jurisdiction up there. I think a lot of this goes to a lack of a lack of experience that they that they might have with dealing with with mass fatalities like this and something, you know, people don't think this can happen in your town is and it does it truly does evidenced here and it all it, everything demonstrates that you have to be on the same sheet of music you have had a point of control for all information that's coming in it's called a command center you're right Dale carson one of the noticeable things is when you do crime scenes like this you've got to cover everything to prevent the environment from despoiling it i haven't seen one covered area particularly in the back of the property where it's likely this individual stood and surveilled the house for perhaps a protracted period of time. And that's why the assaults were on the upper floors. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year. 
equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com iHeart. That's LifeLock.com iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. The assaults were in on two floors. We know that there were two bedrooms on each floor. We know that uh, two of the victims were on the second floor, two of the victims were on the third floor, and the other two roommates who survived were on the first floor, which could be considered, you know, look at it, Joe Scott, an above-ground basement. It's a split-level house. You've got the entry point there on the bottom with the key code. Then the back kind of is built into the side of a, a, a little mm. hill. Yeah. You've got to look at this place to, to get it. So at first I thought, wow, the two surviving roommates are on the bottom floor, so the perp had to walk up three floors. He could have very well entered through that sliding glass door, which would have put him at an upper level. Yes, no, Joe Scott. Yes, you're absolutely right. I think he came in through the sliding glass door. The more I'm reasoning it through, look at the house. Guarantee you he came through that sliding glass door. Although a lot of people seemingly had the code to that front door. Guys, take a listen now to our cut 40, our friends at KRE and new details emerging. New details are emerging in the stabbing deaths of four University of Idaho students. Tonight, the Lataw County coroner says the four students were likely asleep. Some had defensive wounds and each victim was stabbed multiple times. Authorities found no sign of sexual assault. Moscow police say at this point in the investigation, they do not believe the two surviving roommates or the man seen standing near a local food truck were involved in the murders. Police also addressed rumors swirling online claiming the victims were gagged and tied, saying those are not accurate and the identity of the 911 caller has not been released okay we do know audrey conklin joining us uh, investigative reporter with fox news digital 
Audrey, we are learning more about the person that called 911. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Audrey, but I think that one of the roommates that survived, a surviving roommate, tried to wake up one of the victims. The victim wouldn't wake up. The surviving roommate calls a friend, says, hey, I think she's passed out. He or she is passed out. They came over. They realized she's not passed out. She's dead. They call 911. Police get there, and they find the other three victims. That's my understanding. What do you know, Audrey? I haven't heard about um, one of the roommates trying to wake up one of the victims, but what I can see happening, and this is speculative, but maybe the roommates who we now know lived on the first floor of the house Mm -hmm. saw or heard something that frightened them, uh, you know, that morning, maybe without seeing the victims themselves. Maybe they saw blood. Maybe they saw or heard something that was you know, not unusual in that household. So they called friends over to check out the situation. Those friends may have seen a victim in their bed not moving, which I think would make the unconscious person report make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And they called police from one of the roommate's phones. That's right, because one of the surviving roommate's cell phone was used to call 911, but apparently it was not their surviving roommate. Your, Your... your construction of the facts makes perfect sense, Audrey. Uh, guys, take a listen to our friend Kyle Simchuk. Detectives say they've received nearly 500 tips which are being processed, investigated, and cleared. 38 people who may have information about the murders have been interviewed. The whereabouts of the killer and the knife used are still unknown. Detectives seized the contents of three dumpsters on King Road to look for evidence. Police have also gone to local businesses to see if anyone recently purchased a fixed blade knife. Anyone who saw something suspicious, has video surveillance, or can provide relevant information about the murders is asked to call the Moscow Police Department. Jessica Morgan joining me, Professor of Forensics, Jacksonville State University. A fixed blade knife as opposed to, for instance, a switchblade, it's not fixed, immovable in the hilt, or a pen knife that folds out. A fixed blade knife is certainly going to be the weapon because it's more sturdy and we know that these are very deep stab wounds. Explain. Yeah, they're very, uh, very robust, I would imagine, in, in their appearance. Uh, that means that the width of the knife and, you know, it had been mentioned earlier, they used the term puncture wound. It's not mm-hmm. a puncture wound. This is going to be a big open wound where the knife is introduced into the body specifically. And I think one of the reasons they're drawing this conclusion, remember, they keep saying military style. Mm-hmm. I think that perhaps what happened, there is a hilt guard. That's that little bar that goes mm-hmm. across the handle that separates the blade from the handle. Horizontally across the knife. Yeah. And so yeah. I think, and most military style knives have those, we can see actually a bruise called a hilt bruise. Lots of times when this is driven into the body, that might be where they're drawing that conclusion from. They've used the term K-bar, which is generally associated with Marine Corps. It's a combat knife. I don't know that for a fact, but it had, that name has been thrown around. Our Marines have used that since World War II. I've heard that too. To Dr. Jory Cross and joining us, uh, psychologist and faculty, St. Leo University, also author. Dr. Jory, question, think about it. This is between 3 and 4 in the morning. And apparently, Jackie, I read that one of the victims was making calls up until 2.58. 2.58. Did you see that? Did you see that, Audrey, that one of the victims is on the phone at 2.58? Yes. um, Police believe that she was on the phone right before the murders are estimated to have happened. And how was she asleep two minutes later? Very curious timing, but that's got to have been established by phone records uh, or someone that spoke and could look at their phone and go, yeah, it was 2.58. Also, we know that one of the girls continually called an ex-boyfriend, Jack. They shared custody of a dog, I guess is one way to put it, and were maybe even reconciling. That said, Jack has been ruled out by the family. There was a flurry of phone calls to the friend Jack right before the murders. 
Um, so the last call's at 2.58, and they're placing the murders between 3 and 4 a.m., two minutes later, yet they say the victims were in bed and likely asleep. Uh, to Dr. Jory Crosen joining us, the thinking of this perp to go from floor to floor, if the murders were targeted, why kill four? Wouldn't it likely be one of the victims was targeted? Yes, it could be, but then the others just become collateral, like witnesses. But also, you know, with a personality, a a frenzy attack, you know, once they start the killing, then it just, you know, uh, the deviancy just produces that behavior to kill again. Uh, I'd be real interested in knowing the sequence of who was killed first or how the bodies were found and you know i think you could pretty well determine if we knew that like who was killed because ethan the boy you know male seems like uh he would be one of the first to be uh, eliminated except that he was likely in the same bedroom with a female with, his girlfriend yeah Zanna. Yeah. so Let's think this through. Um, Dale Carson, Joe Scott Morgan, jump in. We're talking about this scenario, and it's really impossible to, t- to determine, based specifically on the bodies, which murder was first. But other information could tell us that. But think about it. The lights are out. You enter a house. You're going to kill somebody. You have a specific target in mind. You go into one room. It's not the target, but you kill them anyway. And yeah. you work it away progressively. And you can determine when you find the target, the target's knifing is going to be different. And one of the things that you mentioned that's really peculiar to me is that if someone calls and says somebody's unconscious here that and they're dead, there's no way you can stab somebody in the chest and really eviscerate them without leaving a tremendous blood trail. So you don't yeah. call the police and say, Look, there's somebody unconscious. You say there's blood everywhere. Somebody's dead. Exactly. Something's wrong Nancy, with that. Nancy, or I have, the yeah. killings were so instantaneous, which belies the argument that there are multiple sad wounds. What about it, Joe Scott? Yeah, I'm thinking there is an outside possibility that science could have the answer here, and this is what I believe. If there is a, if if they are careful in collecting their evidence, the person who was the first to be attacked will have the least amount of others DNA on them. And Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is once that knife, assuming of course, that they're using only one instrument, once that blade is introduced into that first person's body, they withdraw that blade. Okay. They now move over to the next person and then reintroduce that blade into the next victim's body and so forth and so on. There's your sequence. You have what's, yeah, you have what's referred to as commingling of blood and certainly biological material DNA. So the person, if they work their trace evidence right at the scene, the person that has the least, the least amount of DNA from someone else, there's a higher likelihood that that person could be the first victim, Nancy. Guys, take a listen to Our Cut 43. This is Sarah Robinson along with family members. He says Zana was in constant communication with her family and nothing about that night seemed unusual. The door locks with the number code. Uh-huh. Every time you open it, like I had to go back to the, I had to go around the house to get in the house because of the number code. So they either knew that or they just kind of went around and found the slider open. A father struggling to understand how this could have happened. Why Zana? They were just... Hanging out at home. Yeah. Santa was hanging out at home with her boyfriend. The code on the front door, the sliding glass door on the side of the building uh, affixed to um, a little patio, kind of a wraparound patio. What's the point of entry? Because there you will find fingerprints. And I I say absolutely you will, because this type of frenzied attack is not conducive to the mind of a killer who would wear gloves and then conduct four frenzied attacks. That is inconsistent. What do we know investigators are doing right now? They are retracing the steps. Two of the victims were at a sports bar and then a food truck. 
Two of the victims had been to a fraternity party at the Sigma Chi house and then came back to the residence on King Road. Why? Because they are looking for suspects. Take a listen to Amanda Rowley at Crim. Investigators believe Madison and Kaylee were at the Corner Club on Saturday from 10 p.m. to 1.30 a.m. Sunday morning. Then they were at the Grub Truck on Main Street at 1.40 a.m. Five minutes later, the map says they returned to their home on King Road. Investigators also believe Ethan and Zana were at a party at Sigma Chi from 8 to 9 p.m. Saturday night, then returned to the King Road home at 1.45 a.m. on Sunday. The hope is that someone might remember being at or near these locations around the same time and potentially saw something suspicious or relevant to the investigation. Police are asking those people to call the tip line number or email that information. The tip line is 208-883-7054. Repeat, 208 837054. Dale, is that you jumping in? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's just a dead end street. Look, the individual who, who murdered these folks was laying in wait back up on the hill, came in through that sliding glass door, and perpetrated the crimes. He has no association with other people, and you're likely to find that the individual is either living in the woods, like individuals in prior cases that that are not part of polite society. They're not part of our society. And you can see them. They're living homeless. They're different than us. And they feel alienated from us. And that's one of the driving features that causes them to injure us, aside from any other psychological problem that they have. What do you make of that to you, Dr. Jory Crossan? I I agree with it. I think this person is going to be like a transient person with no real ties to that community, you know, in, in college towns, uh, you know, they can blend in real easy with the students, you know, and the people that uh, go unnoticed, be anonymous, basically. Uh, and then just like Dale was saying, you know, if they get a fixation, stalking or see uh, a target, uh, and then they're gone. They're in and out. Okay. Joe Scott Morgan, how does that jive with police theories that this was a targeted attack? Well, yeah, I think that there's a, a chance that this individual has been watching for a while. Again, I go back to this idea of the points of observation. If they had been tracking these girls, listen, it would have been the perfect environment that night. If they had been watching them on any level, watching them go to parties, they're walking around. Remember when we saw that image at the food truck, they're kind of jovial, laughing, mm-hmm. cutting up. Uh, they had been out partying that night, and they, they were perfect targets at that moment in time for somebody that was looking to strike. And again, brutally cold at night, this person feels comfortable moving around in that environment. You saw everybody was wearing hoodies, jackets, and all that sort of thing. They would have to be comfortable in that environment walking around. So that might go to the point that they are transient, that they're not part of polite society. We are learning more and more about the timeline. That's the first thing you do is try to establish a timeline. Take a listen to our friend Zareen Shaw. A sister of one of the four college students found murdered at an off-campus house near the University of Idaho, revealing new clues. So I was able to get a pretty good timeline on Kaylee and Maddie the night of um, from about 10:15 until um, shortly before 3 a.m. Olivia Gonzalez says she discovered at least six calls from her sister Kaylee's phone between 2:26 and 2:52 made to a boyfriend in the early morning of November 13th. Detectives now saying these phone calls are a part of their investigation. The phone calls are critical because we know that Gon- Gonzalez was up. Zana was up at 2.52 a.m. Let me think that through. 2.52 a.m. It it was Kelly, not Zana Carnoodle. Kelly was up at 2.52 a.m. on the phone. Yet, uh, Archie Conklin, they're starting the timeline of their murders at 3 a.m. Right. Um, So police have said that between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. is when the murders occurred so they could have been asleep um 
But yeah, phone activity shows that they were up and trying to contact people right before the murders occurred. It's very creepy to Dr. Jory Crosen to know that one of the victims, Kelly, is on the phone at 2.52 a.m. And the timeline sets the murders at 3 a.m. Could someone have been watching and when the lights are turned off, they enter the home? They could have already been in the home. Okay. And waiting, you know, for settling down, like hearing a conversation on the phone. Okay, let the phone get hung up. Um, You know, one thing uh, you you mentioned earlier about the weapon, and they were looking and checking at the stores to Mm -hmm. see if somebody Mm -hmm. bought. I, I would think this individual, this weapon is really important to them. I don't think they just went out and bought it. I think they've had it for a while. This has been part of that identity, if you like for a better <laughs> psychological term. Well, it is actually an identity. Every time that uh, we go camping, when we run into other campers, a lot, and it's usually men, uh, will have huge hunting knives and sheaths attached to their belts. The way people will attach, like, an iPhone or or some other instrument or tool to their belts, these knives are attached to them. So that does speak to their identity. Yeah, and, you know, here in the South, everybody carries a knife. they got those clip-on I don't know about that because I don't know a single soul that carries a knife other than the scout troop leader, the man, not the woman. Okay, well, you guys go ahead and carry a knife. Uh, That's your business. Take a listen now to Captain Roger Lanier with the Moscow Police. On the morning of November 13th at 1158 a.m., a 911 call was... On the evening of November 12th, Kaylee Gonsalves and Madison Morgan were at a local bar and were later at a food truck in downtown Moscow. They arrived home at approximately 1.45 a.m. on the morning of November 13th. Ethan Chapin and Zana Carnodal were at the Sigma Chi house before also arriving home at approximately 1.45 a.m. Two surviving roommates were also out in the community and they returned home at approximately 1 a.m. and did not wake up until later that morning. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen Nicotine Pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX Anniversary Sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. 
When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Okay, right now, cops are scouring the area for video surveillance. I'm talking about ring doorbell cameras, stop light cameras, um, business surveillance video, such as at the corner bar where they were, two of them were that night, at the Nancy. food trucks where we spot uh, two of the victims at the food truck just before their murders. Was that you, Dale? Jump in. It was. Look, they're going to find a sniper's hide up on the hill behind that house. That's where their evidence is going to be. This person has waited for them to come home. He didn't follow them. He wasn't watching them and following behind them in a car or on a bike. He was waiting. And that's where the first investigation should have been conducted candidly. Now, I taught serial killers for the Bureau for a number of years. Those people have the patience of Job. They will wait and wait and wait until the opportunity is perfect from their perspective. What we've got to worry about is there's another pet that was killed, and I handled a case or was involved in a case involving that sort of thing, where the pets started going missing first, and then there was a homicide that was directly connected to the individual who was taking the pet. Hold on. Audrey Conklin, joining us from Fox News Digital, has a connection been made in any way from a pet to the quadruple murder? No connections have been made yet between any kind of uh, animal violence and the murders, but I'm sure that's something police are looking at. What about this theory, Audrey? What, a, what about the theory that the perp came into the home while everyone was gone, every single person was out of that home. All six were gone. The five roommates and the boyfriend, Ethan, all gone. When they come home and he's already in there and then everybody starts settling down to sleep, I wonder if it happened like that. Or Joe Scott, did he enter after they were asleep through that sliding glass door? What do you think? You know, first blush when I heard about this, I really had thought that this guy was possibly laying in wait inside the residence. I mean, he could be in there for any reason, looking for food, looking for money, looking for something to steal. And then everybody starts coming home. He may have thought they were away. Yeah. And, you know, it's like Dale was saying, this is this is this individual's sole focus in life, perhaps his target. He can sit there and he can sit there and wait and wait because he's totally fixed on these individuals as targets or maybe one of them that he's zeroed in on. And it would not surprise me if they were to find evidence within the house that he had been hiding somewhere, sequestered somewhere in that house and waiting for them to come in. But we just, we don't know. And given, given the fact that that there was, it seems at least, that there may have been a lack of security at the scene when processing. And look, you have to say things are chaotic at the beginning with many times like this. 
but it's it's troubling to me. I, I mm-hmm. hope they haven't mm-hmm. missed something outside the house. The dog, Dale Carson, is talking about a uh, high-profile lawyer out of Jacksonville, former Fed with the FBI, a woman who lives near the quadruple murder there in Idaho, about three miles, says her little mini Australian shepherd had literally been filleted a few weeks before the quadruple murder, making some people think that the two are connected. Back to this. Take a listen to Chief James Fry. Detectives are looking to develop any context, um, content that would um, help us in this event. Anyone who has observed any notable behavior or has any video surveillance or can provide relevant information about these murders, please call our tip line at 208 883-7180. Or you can email the tip line at, and that is tip line at ci.mosco.id.us. And more from Captain Roger Lanier. Listen. On the morning of November 13th at 1158 a.m., a 911 call was placed to the Whitcomb Dispatch Center reporting an unconscious person. The call originated from inside the residence and was made from the phone of one of the surviving roommates. Moscow Police Department officers responded and located four victims, two on the second floor and two on the third floor. We're getting a little clarification regarding who made the 911 call. Take a listen again to Chief James Fry. Gotti Schwartz, NBC News. Just following up on the, the 911 call, you said that you don't believe that's the killer. Uh, can you conclusively rule out the person that called 911 from inside the home as a suspect in this case? Can you go ahead and just ask that one more time, please? The, the, first, yeah, the, the person that was inside the home that called 911 uh, that was not one of the roommates, can you conclusively rule that person out as a suspect at this point? I don't think I said that it wasn't one of the roommates. I said that uh, it was used with the um, roommate's phone. I, I believe you, somebody asked if that was the killer, and you said no. No, it, that's correct. Was there someone there other than the two roommates when police responded? There was other friends that had arrived um, at the location. So that goes back to what Audrey Conklin uh, from Fox News Digital was telling us, that one of the roommates apparently couldn't wake up a victim. Maybe she just called her through the door. I don't know. And then she, the surviving roommate, called friends over. The friends come over. One of them uses roommate's phone to call 911. There's a lot that's been made about who called 911. It's a friend of the surviving roommate. And they have been ruled out as suspects along with the surviving roommates. Here's more from Captain Roger Lanier. Investigators have determined two areas of interest within the city and have provided maps which are on our Facebook page and on our website. And these are areas that they have canvassed for additional surveillance video and tips and have contacted several residents in the areas. The areas are generally south of Taylor Avenue to Palouse River Drive and west of Highway 95. Detectives have also canvassed several other neighborhoods looking for evidence, looking for additional surveillance video, and contacting residents and speaking to them to see if they may have heard or seen something. To you, Scott Morgan, I think that what the police need to be doing right now, and I've got it narrowed down to four or five things. One, looking for the suspects and retracing. That would include Corner Club, where Mogan Gonsalves went, uh, then the Grub Truck, and, of course, the Sigma Chi House. To look at all the ring cams, the doorbell cams, the surveillance video, the DNA There's no way that this scene could have played out the way Mm -hmm. it did without fiber, fingerprints, DNA, um, hair. And they're going to have to use ancestral DNA, and I'll tell you why. Because I believe that the perp may not be in CODIS or APHIS. They may get a fingerprint or DNA at the scene, but they don't have anything to match it to. Explain. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, I don't know that I agree relative to fingerprints. I think that this mm-hmm. person probably has been an offender at some point in time. Possible. If they can recover a late, if they can recover a latent print at that scene, and trust me, this is an evidence-rich environment. This place would have been bathed in blood, Nancy. He's going to transfer a lot of stuff, and he can totally potentially have left bloody fingerprints behind if he's not wearing gloves. And it's like you said at the open. I don't know that this guy is sophisticated enough to have shown up with gloves. No, no he way. He probably has a, a real real desire to run his hands over these surfaces, I would imagine. So he's going to leave something of himself behind. Absolutely. Somewhere out there are bloody clothes, bloody shoes. Yeah. One more thing I have to emphasize, as feverish as this was, Nancy, there is a high probability that this monster cut himself in the middle of this. He may have left his DNA behind, commingled with the victim's DNA as well. We wait. As justice unfolds, Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner.